Greetings and welcome to episode number 63 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today I have photographer extraordinaire Angela of Create with Gusto as a special guest and we talk all about kind of the art of photography and how we consume photography online, what to do if you're just starting off as a photographer, as well as how to ensure as a client that you're getting the kind of brand photography experience that you're after by accurately describing what you're looking for and working with the photographer that you have in mind as a collaborator on your brand. We get into so much juicy stuff, so enjoy the episode and let us know what you think. Definitely post your stories, send us a DM, leave a review. We'd love to hear what you thought of the episode and what you learned. Enjoy. Kiss my aesthetic branding marketing entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. So enjoy the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I have Angela today, but you might know her as Create with Gusto on Instagram. Welcome to the podcast, Angela. Hello. Excited to be here. Popping my podcast cherry. Yes, exactly. We had just a little bit of a technology like snafu, which was so funny, which <laughs> Angela was got on the video, the Zencaster video, and she goes, yeah, I've never recorded a podcast before. And they're like, closed out of the link? Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, a pop-up came up and I was trying to close it like some sort of notification and I closed the window instead. And there so, it goes. There, there go. it goes. But anyway, for anyone who doesn't know you, can you please tell us who you are, what you do, who you help and how you help them? Uh, well, my name is Angela and I own Create with Gusto LLC. We do brand photography and product photography for bold and colorful brands who want their content to stand out amongst just like all the noise out there. And um, I'm based in San Diego, California, so can pretty much shoot year round, which is great for my business. And yeah. And you've definitely seen Angela's work. If you followed me on Instagram for a while, we did, I want to say like four, four or five photo shoots together. Yeah. Something like that. From 2019 to 2021, really, I think 2022, we haven't yet, but definitely got to get one on the books. Um, The question that everybody always loves to know from all the freelancers and all the business owners that I interview on the podcast is how did you get started? So take us back all the way to the beginning. What year? What were you doing? How did you know, like, huh, maybe I could turn this into a business? Sure. So I started in uh, graphic design. So I knew, always knew since I was little that I wanted to do something creative. So, right, anyone who had asked me what you wanted to be when you grew up, I was like, I want to be an artist. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that's what I'm going to do. So um, after high school, I was going to a local community college um, with every intention of transferring to a four-year to get my degree in graphic design. Um, I did an internship with like a local business doing a bunch of their design work. And I was just like, oh, this kind of sucks. Like having to work, (laughs) like like doing page layout for someone and like, they want all this text. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you don't want that much text on a flyer. Like, what are you doing? You know? And just that pushback with clients. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do this, but you know, was, was still sticking with it because I loved just creating in general. And then like my last two semesters, I had to take 
you know, photography and like Photoshop courses. And I was just getting a lot of really good feedback from my professor. And, you know, I'd always really loved photography. So when I graduated, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you're like looking for jobs. I'm thinking about whether or not I'm going to transfer, like what I'm going to do. And I accepted an internship with a wedding studio and ended up working with them. I still shoot with them occasionally as a second shooter, but that was back in 2010, 2009, 2010. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just got got really into the wedding scene (laughs) and was just doing that mostly. And then I just got burnt out on weddings. Like I wanted my weekends back. I wanted a little bit more creative control. I mean, when you get to a wedding, you're basically just documenting the day. And I really wanted to like build relationships with my clients and be able to see them more often, not just if they were going to have a baby or, you know, other like anniversaries and things. So I thought like, okay, how can I do that? And I thought like working with businesses, they constantly need to be putting content out there and like product photos and all those things. So yeah, just kind of got started in that. And I think maybe 2017. Okay. um, was really when I kind of started dabbling in it. And I launched Create with Gusto, I'd say in 2018, and got my LLC in 2019. And yeah, it's been good. I've been doing that since. And you and I really only crossed paths at the end of 2018, right? Am I putting the right year on it? Yeah, it would have been 2018, December. And then we, of course, like had Stephanie in common. And so then then we kind of were like a little trio there for a while. Before the yeah, world shut down. Yeah, I think it was uh it was like one of those networking groups. They were doing uh-huh. like an end of the year hoopla thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, right before so the funny. pandemic too. Yeah. Yes. And then right, we did right. the great trip out to Palm Springs. We went to Alt mm-hmm. Alt Summit, got much closer, took a bunch of photos, and then like things kind of took a shift. How has your business changed since since the world <laughs> shut down? Because you got impacted like pretty immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I mean, I wasn't doing anything, I think, for like the first three months of lockdown. Uh, So I kind of just started experimenting in my house and doing a lot of creative projects, which I think like pushed me into a new level, um, just even in in my own work. Uh, It really gave me more of that sense of like, oh, okay, like I don't want to just be a photographer that like takes cool pictures. But I also want to be more of like an art director, creative director, like being involved in all of the planning that goes into creating a beautiful image, right? Because like, I mean, you don't have to hire a photographer if you want to get a picture, a cute picture taken at a coffee shop. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, you can kind of just like have a friend do it or whatever. And I, I know that's like also really daunting and I'm not trying to like downplay the work that photographers do, you know, if they're taking, um, you know, headshots or like lifestyle photography. It's not that at all, but I just like, I just wanted more for myself. It kind of becomes the crossroads of whether you want to be a technician or you want to be a strategist, like I think, or artist, right? Because Mm -hmm. when you're a strategist or you're an artist, you're considering not only the end result, but the process is a big part of the value add versus just being the person that can hold the camera and take the photo. Or right, being yeah. the person that can open Illustrator, make the edits, who can open Photoshop and make the edits. Like that's kind of, I think, a big distinction point. And it's also something that I faced and like I rebranded in 2019 because I, before MKW Creative Co. was MKW Graphics. And I felt like MKW Graphics was 
really limiting because people perceived me to be, oh, millennial with laptop that moves pixels around. Like it didn't carry the weight that I wanted to be actually perceived by my clients as being like their creative company. Like come to me when you want to create things. Like let's make your brand. Let's make your social. Let's make your story. Let's make the whole identity of the thing is way, 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 way more involved. And for me, and for you, I think way more fun than just actually being the person with the technical skills. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. It just takes, it's, it uses a completely different part of your brain. And it attracts a different type of client, right? Like once you start to position yourself as like, okay, I'm not just like the person that shows up and takes the photos on your wedding day, but I want to help you plan the shot and plan the lighting and plan the story that we're trying to tell with these images. It's, it totally a different scope of work, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting to think about it too in like the context of new businesses because I want to get into with you in this podcast episode talking about like how things have evolved even from when we first knew each other in like 2018-2019 and then of course throw the pandemic on top of that everything but I have noticed increasingly and I think you have too like this sense of people not knowing even where to start anymore because there's First, we had girl boss culture, and then we had self-care culture. And then it's like, what's your thing that you're going to do that's going to be your own? You're going to be your own boss, right? Mm -hmm. And it's this kind of glamorization of like the spoils without seeing the hard work. Yeah. Kind Mm -hmm. of sits weird with me, but we'll get into that. Um, (laughs) If you were to start a new business today, this is the brain teaser of it. If you were to start a new business today, how would you start going down the road of starting to define what your style is, your aesthetics? What kind of questions would you ask yourself as you're kind of taking all those things into consideration? I mean, think about like your brand questionnaire. Like what are the questions that you're asking clients? Or if somebody says, somebody comes to you and they're like, I want to start a new business tomorrow, Angela, and I want you to make all the pictures, do all the creative direction, do all of the visuals for it. What would you need to know in order to do your job well? I think one of the first things that if I were to start over or giving the advice to anyone starting out in any creative field or really like any service dealing with other people is like figuring out what you don't want to do very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I was reading this book called Creativity Inc. It's by the guy who started um, Pixar. Okay. And he, one of the quotes in there basically alludes to like failing, but failing quickly. Right. So you want to figure out like, okay, this is absolutely something I do not want to do. So experimenting and just like trying a little bit of everything, obviously, like that way you can narrow down and actually really know because like I had an experience even just a couple months ago where I was doing some product photos for like e-commerce first time I ever did it. But I was just like, oh, like how hard could it be? Like maybe this is something like that I can do, you know, I can do it from home. Like people are just shipping me their product. It'd be great. And like halfway through, I was just like, I'm ready to throw myself off of my balcony. And like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just like, it was just too much. Like it was all the things that I hate doing, right? Like the tedious nature of it, like no creativity, no color. I was just like, this is not, this is not it for me. It's technician work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think figuring out very quickly, like what you, what you hate is ultimately going to guide you into like what you want and what you're good at. That's great advice. That's great advice to start with because it's so contradictory to what everybody I feel like on the online space is telling you where they're like niche down, niche down, niche. You have to pick your niche. You have to pick your niche. You have to pick your ideal client. You've got to know exactly what you're going to do right before you start. And that's not really reality. 
like you're you and I are both saying like we both started out I started out just offering like graphic design for $15 an hour anything graphic design I would do it and when I graduated college I was like okay $25 an hour like I'm gonna get them (laughs) um and then it just I realized like I hate doing real estate postcards yeah because there's no amount of good graphic design that makes an ugly house look good There's just Mm -hmm. none. And like the pictures have to be so big. And if the photo quality is crap and the house is ugly, then I could have the most beautiful postcard ever. But if the house looks like a dumpster site, there's, I can't make that look good that you Mm -hmm. have to show what the house is. So immediately I was like, all right, I don't want to do real estate postcards anymore. I don't love, like you're saying, like the tediousness of like file exports. Oh, like I, mm -mm. because it's also, I think there's two sides of that creative brain, right? There's the creative brain that loves like spontaneity and like a certain degree of chaos, I would Mm -hmm. say. And then there's a part of the creative brain that wants that like routine and like, okay, when this happens, I know I have to do things like check, 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 mark them off my list, like organized, very structured. I like playing in chaos a little bit more, even though I'm organized, I would put myself more towards like chaotic, good, chaotic energy (laughs) than towards like regimented and always have to get up at the same time every day or always that doesn't work with my creative flow. Yeah. How does that fit with with who you are and the way you run your business? Well, I think, I mean, it'd be just being a creative, you're always going to have a little bit of chaos, right? Like mm-hmm. that's just how life is because if you find yourself inspired, like you just have to drop whatever you're doing and like mm-hmm. feed into it, right? Feed the beast mm-hmm. <laughs> or that, that creative beast. But um I think like, yeah, the same thing. Like there just has to be a little bit of balance. Cause like, well, I feel like I work really well under pressure. I feel like I work really well, like just show up and come up with ideas and figure it out. Like, great. Yes. I know that's one of my strengths, but I don't want to do it all the time. Like I shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, for a while I was like offering like one off, like one hour sessions where it's just like, okay, yeah, like I'll show up. And just do it. But then it's like, you know, I'm showing up and I'm just like thinking like, oh, this could have been so much better if you would have just done X, Y, Z. You know, if you Mm would have just like thought ahead and not hired me a week ago and actually like made a plan. So like, while yes, you know, having that little bit of spontaneity and chaos is great. You might not always end up with the final product that you really want. Yeah, exactly. Or things end up as kind of like, three quarters baked ideas. Like I've had so many business things that I've tried to do that I started on and then got into it and I was like, nope, never mind. And like totally backed out on. And I said this actually on my Instagram stories yesterday. Like somebody sent a um a question sticker that was like, it wasn't even a question. It was just like I admire all your systems and processes. And I had to remind them like I've been doing this for eight years, guys. Like it didn't always look like this. In fact, it didn't even really look like this until the last year that I started to get my shit in order. Because I was flying by the seat of my pants for most of this stuff. Yeah. And it's really hard to not only illustrate that, but it's hard to like go back and and kind of reconcile that with, especially when we, what we see online and what we consume is, is sometimes j- disjointed from those beginnings or from those fuck ups or from those like failing fast and those little mm-hmm. teeny tiny mistakes that then carve your path towards what you're supposed to do with yourself. Yeah. So maybe you can take us through like even just how you're offerings have evolved over time. Like talk about, so you were doing the weddings and then you're like, this isn't for me. And then you're starting your own business. And then how do you, how did you decide even like to create your first packages? Like what was the right time to shoot with somebody and how has that changed from 
when you started to know? Well, I think a lot of it was just the types of clientele that Mm, that were coming mm -hmm. my way. I realized that there was just so much opportunity there to do more than just like, okay, like, yeah, let's go walk around Balboa Park and get some cute photos of you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, I feel like Stephanie Bales was one of those clients. You were one of those clients where it was like, oh, like, we could make something really cool. Like, we could Mm -hmm. create something really different and, like, have this visual representation of, like, maybe what's going on in your head, you know, or like what your mind palace looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like those types of clients are what really brought me to the space of, okay, that can't be done in an hour Mm -hmm. (laughs) because oftentimes, like, honestly, I would say at least like the first half hour of a photo shoot, like those pictures are garbage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Wait, it's I just like you're more about that too. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah. It's just like you're, you're still playing, you're still figuring it out. You're still kind of loosening up. So like if you're only shooting for an hour, like half that time is already like everyone's kind of still in their head and hasn't really like let go. You know, I feel like with the creative process, like even look how advertising works, right? Sometimes they're just sitting in a room, like talking to each other. And like, how do you get those conversations started? Like how, how do those ideas get flowing? And I really noticed that in particular in um, some of the events that I used to do, the content creation events, because I noticed like, yeah, the first half hour, everyone was like, yeah, hey, what's going on? Oh, like cute bracelet, you know, whatever. And like not really doing anything. And then like all of a sudden this, you know, switch would flip where like I would look around and, you know, at first it was based, uh, it was targeted towards product-based businesses. So I would bring Mm -hmm. like props and things like that. And then all of a sudden it was like, everybody's flat lays were just like evolving and like so many cool things were happening and like feeding off of each other and being like, oh wait, like it would be really cool if you did this instead, you know? So I think like allowing that time to play is really Mm -hmm. when you get the best results and in order to allow that time, you need like a half day or a full day session. Like, and you need a warm up. Just, just, yeah, like, exactly. just like going to play in a sports game or going to do anything else. Like if you're going to go sit down and study, like you're going to set the whole environment to foster the kind of activity that you want to do, right? Like you can't imagine like someone just going straight from their bed immediately onto the court to go play an NBA game. Like, no, no, right. no. There's a routine. Mm-hmm. There's a warm up. There's mental energy that has to get aligned. And if we think about it like this, when you approach photography or creative work, like to get yourself in that flow takes practice. You've got a whole other layer to this, which is you're dealing with other people and you're photographing them. And there's so much that comes up about like insecurity or angles, what's flattering, what's not flattering. Like that adds a whole extra layer to it that I think is such an interesting conversation as well. Um, But like you said, with the product-based businesses too, like you could have an idea in your mind of what you think you're creating. And then that whole thing could get flipped upside down. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And for anyone that doesn't know, Angela hosts or was hosting in San Diego, like when it was more pre-pandemic before you could do it. And a few since 
now that people have been vaccinated, um, like <laughs> workshops, content creation workshops, where you would show up with whatever your business is, whether it was you or your product. And she would help either have like a guest speaker in the beginning and then a content workshop afterwards or vice versa. And the idea was to create as much content as you could in this like power hour kind of vibe, which yeah. I am dying for you to bring back because I love those <laughs> events. I really, really enjoyed those events because it was like education, but there was still like purpose behind it. And yeah. there's, you knew that there were deliverables that you could walk away with. And I think the way that you break down photography to make it palatable for someone that isn't in aesthetics is also a really, really worthy exercise for business owners. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it, it's very much like productive marketing, right? Or productive networking, I should say. Mm -hmm. Because I, I noticed like that's what a lot of the people really enjoyed with those types of events was like making connections and then like fostering those and, you know, working together in some way. But also, like you said, being able to walk away with images. Yeah. Um, I know. I really want to bring them back. I feel like with all the changes and everything and like surges, it's just like really nerve wracking. Because obviously, mm -hmm. like I would never want to be responsible for a lot of people getting sick. Totally. Um, so like figuring out a way to bring those back in a safe way um, is on my list of to do to do. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, I, I know I miss them a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think it's super possible. I'll, I'll look forward to when you have them again. But even in that, as a micro example of what we talked about, you said you saw an evolution of like, of not only like people to the warm up to then making connections and walking away, but the evolution in the type of content people came to make. Mm -hmm. Like you and I hosted like a reels and TikTok workshop. And instead of doing flat lays, like I'm telling, and you and I are helping people like, this is how you lip sync to a sound. This is how you pick a vibe that fits your brand. This is mm -hmm. how you do a transition. Like talk us through how, how aesthetics, specifically photography, videography has evolved since you started. I feel like the look of things and like having to have a really significant, like distinct aesthetic has always been important. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think people are like understanding that more now that you can be known for a certain style and that's ultimately going to benefit you. But I also think like even just from a standpoint of like how much we're consuming right now is interesting like that I mean it's it's literally like fast fashion mm -hmm. like right now mm -hmm. it feels like I'm living in a Shein warehouse because of the amount of content that's like just being pushed out there and as a business owner like what you're what they're telling you you need to do in order to even like reach your audience like oh you need to be posting to reels twice a day and you need to post three carousels and I'm just like it, it's yeah, it's it's becoming a little overwhelming. And I, you know, I know a lot of people are feeling this way. And even just like, it's it's a real complex because the content that you're putting out there, like you really want it to mean something, I think, yes. as an artist, as a creative. And so it's like, what, like, where do you draw the line between like, oh, I'm just posting like, repeats of this one trend that's happening or this one voiceover, mm -hmm. you know, just because it's popular or Trending. because I need to post a video like today. Absolutely. But Absolutely. it's like, like why? Yes. Just why? <laughs> and quality over quantity, a hundred percent. And your, your ideal client. And I think mine as well is the person that would rather have one post that's really impactful, that really exhibits change for them than to see 30 posts of nothing. Yeah. Like, I really do believe that. And I really think that we can get back to 
make social media work for you. You don't mm-hmm. work for social media. So if posting 80 times a week doesn't fit for you, don't do it. Just because somebody says this is how you get explosive growth, but do you want explosive growth or do you want like five really solid clients? Right. Like I think people get really distracted by the metrics of it and, oh, my stuff isn't getting seen and I'm not getting exposure. And it's like, well, then maybe that's not the right spot for you to be spending your time. Like yeah. maybe it's not a good return on your effort to be dumping in your resources into this thing. So so it's a really interesting evolution because I think you're, you're spot on and I can see how putting yourself in the artist's shoes, doing these kind of recycle trends does feel like fast fashion, right? There's no, there's no like artistic element to it. It's not thoughtful. It's not thought provoking. It's just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And that's not why we're artists in the first place. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We're artists in that we want to see things that are different, that inspire us, that get us fired up. That's not just everyone doing the same. Like, remember when everybody was like dancing and pointing to words? Like, mm -hmm. thank goodness that's pretty much done. Um, (laughs) But I think to the positive side, video has introduced a new way to consider your brand. All of a sudden, now we consider audio. I know you are a music fanatic, and I (laughs) love how you've used your photography with sound to kind of bring, it brings kind of a new, it's like a new sense to it, right? It's like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden we have another way to absorb what your values are. Let's take a quick break from today's episode to remind you the importance of reels for your business. We know that reels is pretty much the only way to get reach, engagement, impressions, really basically to get people to get eyes on your stuff these days when it comes to Instagram. So I've created a Canva reels training exactly for this reason. You guys know I love Canva. I will always sing the praises of Canva, but what you're probably sleeping on is the fact that you can really make great reels and TikToks with Canva. In this 30-minute training, you'll learn exactly how I make videos with Canva, where to source on-brand free video assets, yes, free, that you can use for your reels, your TikToks, your video content, etc., and really going to cover the basics of brand video editing and brand storytelling so that you can really make maximum impact with the time that you spend cutting together videos. The Canva Reels training is linked in today's show notes, but it's also available to you at mkwcreative.co slash kiss my, or you can just search Canva Reels in my website and it'll also come up. So enjoy the training, check it out. Let me know what you learned. Would love to hear what you think. Now back to today's episode. So talk to us about like how that might be like in a utopia world, if, yeah. if social media, specifically Instagram, didn't make us feel insignificant, what do you feel like has been a positive outcome of the move to more video instead of just still images? Yeah. Well, I think in general, and, you know, I I struggle even with this, having this conversation because I like, I don't want to shame people, right? No, Like if you've done the dancing and the pointing, like honestly, good on you because you're showing up, like you're putting yourself out there. It is not easy. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just like being in front of a camera when you are camera shy or when you're not comfortable. Right. So like video just adds like another level of insecurity because now you like have to talk. Now you have to move. Like you can take a hundred frames, you know, of a still image and like find something great. But like if somebody walks through your shot when you're shooting a video and you're just like, now I have to do it again, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like a completely different mode of expressing yourself. But I also think like it's, it's a way to make your brain 
think differently. And I think it's also a way to really like, I don't know, make, make your content a little more dynamic and even just like, even more so give someone a peek into your brain. Because Mm -hmm. like, if you did like, let's say you did like a day in the life reel, which I love those. Like Mm -hmm. I love seeing someone's daily um, of just like, what did you do? Like, even if it's the most mundane, like I went to the gym and I made my coffee or whatever. And it's just like, especially if it's from the perspective of like, you know, the camera is your eye type of thing. And you get like this little glimpse of everyone's world. Um, And I feel like that's, it's so funny that that's happening now when, you know, we were all also in our homes and the only mode of communication was Zoom where you're just like, oh, what's going on in your background there? Like, Uh oh, like now I know what Jennifer's kitchen looks like. Uh (laughs) I've never Uh been to her house. So it's very much like fly on the wall type of territory. And I feel like that's a lot of the content that is really fun to consume. Well, if we want to go super nerdy with it, this is the whole concept of the voyeur. This is the whole voyeurism concept of like think Dutch 19th century French paintings, Mm -hmm. like anything in this classical style, like Vermeer, Camera Obscura, like the whole theme of that. This isn't a new theme. The whole theme of that was like, how do you show life so that you're putting the viewer in the perspective of your story? Like that's what social media is. It's just, it's nothing more than a window, right? So like what you decide to show on the other side of that window, whether you're showing things exactly as they are, which is like a, like a documentarian style depiction. These are our products. These are our services. This is how it works. This is what my day looks like. Or you go more the abstract route. Here's like a window into inside of my brain and how my brain mm-hmm. works and things aren't always in focus and things aren't always crystal clear, aren't always colorful, whatever. Or you remove yourself from that narrative completely and you go like the Atticus poetry route where this is an anonymous poet who's grown a huge following of like 1.6 million. I have it up in my phone right now where the content is not at all about the person and it's everything about this, the substance of the material, but people go nuts for it. Right. It's so interesting. I love the point that you said of like, it's not until we're all sitting in our homes and we're seeing each other's lives through screens Mm -hmm. that we start to realize like, this is kind of fascinating. Like this is kind of interesting to see how the sausage gets made. Yeah. I love talking about art history stuff. I know you're a big art history fan also. (laughs) Um, The question I get probably most consistently whenever I go live on TikTok or Instagram is like, where do you find inspiration? Mm -hmm. And that's such like a lofty question. But for me, I always relate like lack of inspiration to burnout. So it's usually that I've overcommitted myself, I get burnout, and then I'm like, I'm not feeling inspired. Like creativity tank is at empty. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with myself. Everything I design looks like shit. I need a break. And what am I going to go do? And for me, two things come up, art history and travel. Those are the two things that for me, like get me recharged. It's like, oh, what if I did this for that brand or this over here? Or I'm going to go do a deep dive on like 1960s Chanel ads and see what that aesthetic looks like and see if I can make it work for Hotel Lobby Candle, right? Mm -hmm. Like that kind of research mode. Curious for you, where are you going when you've hit burnout? You're like, creativity is broken. (laughs) I need to start over. Where are you going for inspiration? Um, I mean, I feel like we're pretty similar in that. Like travel for sure has been a big one. Um, Even if I can't physically go somewhere, sometimes I will just like look at, you know, travel and leisure magazine or like architecture magazines or things like that to see what's happening in other countries, like other cultures, And that ultimately will like get you excited, right? Because you might see a color where you're like, oh, well, I've never shot with that color before. Or, 
you know, a pattern or a texture or something that will just like, and even if the inspiration doesn't come right away, like it just, it'll kind of like live in the back of your brain. Right. And then at a certain point, you know, when the right client comes along or when the right project comes along, you're like, oh yeah, perfect. Like got it locked down. So I think, I think finding inspiration in the past is, is really like, yeah, that's kind of my go-to as well of just like old issues of magazines, old architecture, like art history, Greek ruins, whatever it might be. Because yeah, I think like so often it's very easy to just go on Pinterest and be like, "Hmm," you know, searching for like, how do I style? Yeah. How do I style white boots? You know, (laughs) I I mean, that's what I do when I get dressed, but that's not necessarily what I want to do, you know, when I'm working for a client. So even though it is a really good resource, even just to see what other people are attracted to visually, I think Pinterest kind of has like a bad rap now of just like, oh, we're just, again, like we said with, with, you know, TikTok and like, oh, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm just going to copy it, you know? And that's like never really what you want to do. Like mm-hmm. you want to elevate it in some way or like change it in some way. In your mind, what's the difference between copying and being inspired by something? I feel like you would need to change, like, you have to change something about it, right? So, like, if you see a product photo that maybe, like, let's say is, like, balancing oranges, like, on a telephone or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if you just change the oranges to apples, like, (laughs) that's not enough. But if you decide, like, oh, you know what, instead, like, Maybe um, I'm going to flip it around and you'll be able to see her nails and then I'm going to balance, you know, some nail polish on it or something like that. Like, right. what are you changing? Like, how are you changing the story? You have to change the story. Right. Right. Uh, of it. What, I think so what too. the image sells. Yeah. And, and this, you can see this across lots of things, right? From brand design logos, something that's very, there's very muddy waters. Like, is it copied mm-hmm. or is it inspired? Um, yeah. Copywriting, literally it's in the name. If I go to your website and you have copy pasted the exact same vision statement as I have on my website, we're going to have some problems. <laughs> this has happened. Right. I've had to message yeah. this person, say, please remove this from your website. This is verbatim what is on my website. This mm-hmm. is just not a good look. And like, there's not, it's, and the advice I always give to someone who like, if it does come across my DMs, like this person has like literally copied me. I always say like, you're going to have more success if you lean into your own creative ideas. Like, yeah. Not only is it wrong, but at the end of the day, I want everyone to be successful and you individual are going to have way more success if you lean into your own ideas than if you take something from someone else and just plop it into your business. It just doesn't work that way. And it's also, if you believe in the whole energy of it all, like you're bringing in bad energy. Like if someone comes to you and maybe this has happened before and they're like, oh, I love this photo shoot. This is exactly what I want to do. And you're like, okay, but that worked for that business because X, Y, Z, you're ABC. So we cannot X, Y, Z your ABC because that's X, Y, Z and you're over here. Has that happened before? Yeah. I mean, that's the hardest thing, right? Because like, especially if you use a really distinct location, or like a really distinct prop or really distinct like editing style. Like it's so difficult to then not be like, oh, okay, well this worked for this person. That one's kind of similar. So like, let's just go to the same place. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's the constant struggle with, with photography in general, just because like, 
how much, like, what can you reuse? Like, how can you change it? How can you not get in your head where you're like, oh, okay, well, I did headshots on a pink background for this girl. So that means I can never do headshots on a pink background for anyone ever again, you know? So like that obviously would be an extreme, but I think, you know, that's, that's what comes to mind when you want to keep your stuff fresh and you're like, okay, am I using prisms too much? Like, I don't know. I don't think there's a right answer. Um, totally. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely always someone who's going to be like, oh, yeah, what you did with Michelle, can we just do that? And it's like, no, you can't you can't recreate. Right. But you can also help the client see which elements they like of those yeah. things. I think that's the other part of that's the artist's job is is to kind of find that common thread is like, I'm doing this right now with a merchandise collection where we're inspired by both the 70s and the 90s. And we're like, okay, what is the common thread of both of these aesthetics? And we figured out it's kind of this like butterfly, groovy, flower power existed in the 70s and the 90s. Like mm-hmm. 90s groovy is a little different than 70s groovy, but maybe we can use that as our connection point to draw these two pieces of inspiration together so that we're hearkening to like this Gen Z audience that's nostalgic for the 90s, but then we're actually really pulling inspiration from the 70s. They just don't know it. That's the remix. So there's like, there's copying and then there's remixing. I think if you're in a remix point of view, you're much safer than like a replication point of view, like replicate exactly what it is and copy the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think like oftentimes, you know, when someone's asking like, oh, I want to shoot just like this. I love that, that photo shoot you did. Really, that's what they're asking for, right? They just want to remix. They want the same energy. They don't know why they like it. They just do. (laughs) So um, a lot of that is just like a lot of communication back and forth. Like I had a client that I signed on in like August. No, July. Okay. And we were supposed to shoot in September and I got COVID. Like on the day of the photo shoot or the night before I tested positive and I was like, Hey, so, sorry. <laughs> you know, and she, she ended up like moving and it was all the things like, that's why we had kind of like rushed to do it was because she was moving. But instead, like it kind of ended up being a blessing because I think like it just allowed for so much more back and forth that now the work that I'm delivering to her and is like way more just like on brand mm-hmm. than if we would have just like rushed into it and, you know, just like, yeah, we, we're remixing these things and we have these ideas, but like not completely fleshing it out. And right. so I think like that's definitely something that I would recommend to other business owners if they're working for creatives, whether it's like a brand designer or photographer, it's just like allowing that time to really like know what you want and what you're going to get and like how how it's going to strategically benefit your business. And to work with people that can meet you to help answer the questions that you have unsolved, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I love about you and I shooting together is I can say, okay, I, ha- I kind of have this loose concept. I at least know what I want to wear. And I generally <laughs> know what I want the color palette to be how do you take that? How do you interpret that? And look at your opportunity to work with creatives more as a collaboration and yes. don't expect them to have number one, a hundred percent of the answers or number two, to work with a hundred percent your answers. Like there's, yeah. it's a dance. It takes two, like you have to, you have to kind of balance it in a way that if you're hiring someone that's professional, that you, you value their professional opinion, that that collaboration is what you're paying for. 
Yes, right. The collaboration, the feedback, like that communication, you know, whether you're working on a project that's going to take two months or six months or however it is you're going to do it. But like you ultimately as the client like has to respond back when, you know, if if I'm sending you a mood board, don't just tell me, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, tell me what you like about it. Tell me like what it's communicating to you, because ultimately, like that's going to tell me that you understand the vision. Right. And Absolutely. not just like, oh, yeah, um, that looks fine or I don't like it. And then that's it. That's all the feedback you get. Right. Let's talk about those times that someone doesn't like your work because this can be mm-hmm. really mentally taxing as an entrepreneur. And also it's something that this just happened to me this month. The first logo version I sent over to a client, she's like, I love everything about the brand except the logo. And I was like, well, that's the whole thing. So like, let's <laughs> back up. Like, what don't you like about it? How can we get this closer to what you like? Let's, let's, and the analogy that I use, and I've said this on the podcast so many times, if you've heard this before, you can totally skip is if I'm a baker and you come to me and you said, Michelle, I want you to bake me a cake. Great. I know how to bake cakes. I bake cakes all day long. I love baking cakes. Wonderful. What kind of cake do you like? And you tell me, you're like, no, I don't know. It's whatever you want. Okay. I'm going to make the kind of cake that I want. Maybe coconut chocolate cake. I make you the coconut chocolate cake. If you did not tell me you are allergic to coconut, you're going to have a bad time eating that cake, right? Versus client, if you tell me, "Mm, I'm really thinking like a strawberry, white chocolate, raspberry cake, that sounds really good to me. That's Those are my favorite flavors. I'll go, absolutely. I know how to do that. I can absolutely deliver on that. And even better, I'm putting lemon zest in it. Like then that's the kind of client relationship you're looking for, right? So if, if, from the client side and the creator side, making sure not only that there's open communication, but that that base level expectation is like, here's the information I'm giving you versus here's what you're going to take from that information and deliver on. That's the dynamic that's at play. And I find that when I explain that to clients, they understand much better. I'm telling them like, I need you to give me as many ingredients as possible to ensure that the cake turns out the way that you wanted it to taste. Right. And even if you don't know what all the ingredients are, that's fine. But at the base level, I need to know like this has to be in it or this definitely needs to be in the brand. So when you're working with a client and you did the planning meeting, you did the photo shoot with them and you send them the photos and they just go, oh, I just don't like any of them. What do you do next? So, I mean, at that point, it's really figuring out like pinpointing what. Mm-hmm. Like what it is. Is it I don't like myself in them because I went and got a haircut the night before and I don't like my haircut? Is it I didn't choose the right, you know, makeup artist? Like is it is it something that is on the client? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or is it something that is that was lost in translation? Like, oh, I don't like, you know, or I don't like the editing style or or what right. it is. Or the you know? time of day or yes. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So so really like I feel like I have a I have a really thick skin. <laughs> um I mean I think it's all the years of even like that wedding internship, like that getting a lot of that feedback and like having people notice when I was phoning it in and like being called out when I was phoning it in really just gave me a, a better way of accepting criticism. Right. Cause in the end, like, I mean, we, we're all investing money and time. Your money and time is just as valuable as mine. So like, I never want someone to walk away and be, you know, disappointed with, with what they received. So like how specific can you get with me? 
to tell me what you didn't like about it and like, what can we change? How can we do better and like make it right? You know? So I think it just takes a really like candid conversation and like being able to separate yourself from your work. Right. Totally. It's like, just because somebody didn't like the photo doesn't mean they don't like you. Like exactly. That doesn't mean like you're a piece of crap now, you know, and like start. Exactly. Well, and it's about taking your ego out of it and taking your ego out of it. But then at the same time, like I have to remember, like if a client doesn't like the work that I've done, take my ego out of it and try to meet them where they're at. What do they not like about it? How can we fix it? How can we make it right? All those things that you said, but then my ego jumps back in and you're like, God damn it. I'm going to get this so right. Mm -hmm. Like I am Mm -hmm. not going to stop until I get this right. And it's hard because that's where the mental struggle of like, you're trying to understand what they're communicating. They're not picking up what you're putting down, vice versa. Like, but that's the competitiveness, at least for me with myself of like, no, I really want to deliver a brand for you that you're going to love and that you want to like shout from the rooftops and that you want to show everyone because you're so proud of how it turned out. Mm -hmm. How we get there will be a lot faster and easier if you tell me what you're looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's tricky. It's tricky. Okay. Wow. We could talk about this stuff truly forever. Um, But for kind of like a rapid fire round, I'm curious in this, and I've been asking this question to everybody on the podcast. Let's walk through all of your offers from the bottom of the food chain to the top. So free bite-sized bread and butter VIP. So your free offers would be things that people can just get access to immediately, um, maybe through your website, through your socials, et cetera. Bite-sized, small investment, high return, bread and butter. This is your your service or your product that you offer that you do better than everyone else and also is like the thing that you love doing the most. And then your VIP offer would be the step above that. So ready? Okay, free offer. Where can people get free information, education, inspiration from you? So I have a Lightroom editing little PDF um, that I created during the pandemic. Um, That is going to be, I used to have it for sale on my site, but now I feel like it might be a little outdated. So I'm going to start just offering it for free, sign up for my newsletter, and then eventually like I'll come out with an updated version. So that's the free bite-sized Really, like a lot of that was in the event form. So hopefully I'll be bringing those back. And as far as like bread and butter, I feel like my brands, brand sessions are mm-hmm. bread and butter. Um, totally. I get excited about those. I love planning them. I love executing them. And that's really for businesses that want to put in the time and like have that creative flow with me, um, you know, send ideas back and forth and like innovate beyond just what is traditionally known as brand photos. Um, The VIP offer, I feel like, would be uh, a subscription-based package. So Uh it's if you want constant photography content for your brand, um, I do have a monthly subscription where you can send me your product and then I'll provide you with images every month. Love um, that. Depending on the the season. So, yeah. Love that. Where can everyone find you, follow you, get in touch, take advantage of some of those offerings? Where can everybody be in contact with you? So I am Create with Gusto on pretty much everything. So on TikTok, Instagram, and then my website is createwithgusto.com. And yeah, just get in touch with me. I love hearing from anyone just to bounce creative ideas off of. I get really excited on that. So 
Wonderful. Well, if you learned anything from the episode, please also share your stories. Tag me and tag Angela at Create with Gusto. Send her a follow, shoot her a DM. This is a great conversation. I'm sure we're going to pick up right where we left off and definitely have you back on the podcast again soon. <laughs> you did great for your first podcast episode. Woo! This was awesome. Got the champagne. Woohoo. She I did it. Drink. She did it. Success. <laughs> success. This is why we record these on Fridays. That's exactly why. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely Friday energy kind of <laughs> kind of content. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on and um, thanks everybody for listening. See ya. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.